I wonder how many years it's going to get me to get this figured out. <laughs> Equanimity. <laughs> That's the theme for the talk. <laughs> Blooming microphone. <laughs> Did it? Oh, thank you. That makes me feel a bit better. Thank you. <laughs> Pardon? Oh, did she? Oh, there you go. Imperfection everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, so... <laughs> so maybe that's a good start to our... Just some reflections on this theme of equanimity. Um, may they be of benefit. You know, may... Sometimes I feel like it's just to um, maybe bring um, like a yeah, well, a particular quality, a beautiful quality of mind, and and we we just spend some time kind of going yeah, <laughs> or just what is that? Like, hmm. And maybe recognizing it, being able to, oh, yeah, a little bit of equanimity around, actually, yeah. It said that, yeah, wherever there's any mindfulness at all, there's going to be even just, you know, some equanimity. So sometimes, as so often the case, there are wholesome qualities in the mind that we perhaps overlook or don't value or recognize because things are not going quite the way we would like them to be. <laughs> so we can kind of be, I don't know, kind of distracted really from a quality like equanimity, for example, which, you know, as you probably well know this in your meditation practice and retreat experience and life, that actually this um, quality is in a way most strengthened when we are uh, meeting some of that which we find most challenging. You know, and it may not be till later or you know, that we actually realize that a strengthening has occurred, a deepening. I was remembering uh, in this regard someone who was saying that um, a little tree, like a little sapling, it needs a bit of, you know, yeah, it needs a little bit of wind, it needs some push and that actually, so long as that's not too much, it actually helps it to put down roots. And I I find that a really kind of helpful image. Um, and that maybe in terms of what we encounter that feels difficult or confusing, actually we can, it, you know, if we can see, we can sort of see it as an opportunity, which we'd rather not have, of course, but as an opportunity <laughs> to gain in strength or to to put down deeper roots into this into this being you know into this presence that 
is is where we are yeah is this capacity or these capacities of our being of of uh, of mind of heart that um you know we're so prone to uh kind of sidestep you know in terms of grabbing hold of something else somebody else getting away you know and so on and sometimes being able to uh as we are in situations in our life sometimes it's like or here on retreats like where do you go you know and it actually oh you're kind of almost turned back to um find the, these capacities and as you probably know you know maybe you do you know i don't want to assume do you recognize equanimity in yourself in your experience you know, sometimes I feel when I visit these themes, you know, after a while I come back and I think, yeah, what is that? I do I actually know that? And actually in preparing for this talk, I was thinking, oh, I think I need to give some equanimity some airtime. And I need to, it's like kind of, yeah, maybe need to highlight that a bit more in my life and my practice. Um, but also, you know, as you probably well know, it, it has different manifestations and facets. And perhaps at certain times on retreat, it can feel very, very much like a, a kind of part or an, an aspect of the, the, the mind that's steadied and, you know, really spacious and clear and great. <laughs> Equanimity, you know, it's kind of... And it can have that very full, um, present quality. And we just feel, in a way, a lot of steadiness, a lot of that groundedness and balance. And maybe we're really in touch with, sometimes it's called a kind of stillness of mind, isn't it? Like kind of, somehow we're in touch with the sense of the stillness, the still center in the midst of movement, in the midst of things changing, and somehow we're we're in touch with that center, that open, quiet center, which is not a fixed point or a fixed view, but somehow is we can experience that. And sometimes I think in in situations in our life, or sometimes on retreat, you know, when things go a bit, you know, all over the place. <laughs> things occur and it's something more like uh, resilience yeah I don't know that word really came to me earlier today is that resilience this kind of strength to kind of well, like the tree again that can kind of bear the buffeting and yeah, resilience and um, uh, an image came to mind of um, an experience I had earlier this year, which I thought would might serve as a rather as a as a subtitle to this talk, which says, "Don't be a flat-bottomed boat." So this is my advice to you and to me. <laughs> don't be a flat-bottomed boat. And uh, I don't know. I don't know that much about boats, so if you do, excuse me. But I had the experience of being on a flat-bottomed boat in a fairly rough sea and the boat was and it had to be flat bottomed because 
the harbour it was going into, one of them was very shallow. Anyway, so the effect of this, I was told later, was that you got m much more of this, <laughs> this, this thing, and and the rolling, and then also the the, the pitching. So for about three hours, it was this really really kind of strong kind of thing and I got very seasick if you've ever been seasick you know how horrible that is I never had before and a quarter of the people on the boat were so we were together in our seasickness some of us but I felt I feel like this is such a, a metaphor a simile I don't know if it works for you but that Something about in our practice, it happens quite naturally, but maybe sometimes we need to kind of check that out a bit more, this a keel. So what the boat really needs, or what, what would have stopped it from being so much like this, particularly, perhaps it would still have been doing this. But if it had just been doing that, as not just this as well, it might have all been a bit more, not so bad, but... <laughs> That, that it's something like that image of the keel. Well, sometimes I know boats have two keels. You've seen them like that, that kind of two things that go into the water. You can tell I'm not a boat person. Um, to steady the boat. And I feel like that's... And it's sometimes... Um, yeah, so I want to talk a bit about maybe some different ways that our practice, in our practice that this this quality, this capacity, the, the, maybe these roots or these, um, the keel can, can be deepened, can be strengthened so that we're not so knocked about um, or we are knocked about, but we more easily right ourselves. We kind of... <sighs> Another um, lovely description of equanimity, which I've, I really like, is seeing the world with quiet eyes. It's again, more maybe of a visual. I'm very kinesthetic, as you can probably tell. I'm always waving my arms about. But, um, you know, sort of for the visual, it's like you might find your own metaphor, your own simile, depending on the tendencies of your mind that kind of really resonate for you. But something about that phrase I found very, like, the idea of your eyes being noisy. It kind of, yeah, you know, kind of busy, grabbing, going out, kind of but quiet. What would it be to see the world with quiet eyes? You know, to me that suggests a sense that, yeah, we're still present, we're receptive, we're sensitive. We're even we're affected, but we're we we looking with quiet eyes. I just think there's a lot in that seeing with quiet eyes rather than looking, and I think that points to something which is often we have to kind of check out when we're when we're in this area that 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 this is not that you know sometimes called the near enemy of equanimity, isn't it? Of 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 kind of indifference, a disconnection, kind of, yeah, I'm okay, and we're kind of a bit checked out from ourselves or other people or the world. It's, you know, sort of actually an insensitivity. So there's something kind of, to me, they're very, like, that we are still 
really in touch with life. We're still really present. In a way, it's like we, we're, it's not that we're not on the boat. We're, we're on the boat. <laughs> and the sea is doing its thing. It's, so, so it's not a kind of, uh, yeah, disconnection. And um, a kind of passivity or complacency. These things I've... You know, I can see them in myself sometimes. I'm feeling okay, and but somehow that kind of it can it can fall into that. So, um, what helps to how how is equanimity cultivated? Well, as I said, I think I said earlier, it's like it's a natural part of I think any kind of skillful meditation, isn't it? Just it's kind of it's it's being cultivated in that. But one of the, maybe one of the ways it can be strengthened um, and deepened is the sense that it's rooted in wisdom. So maybe just to say one or two things about, about how, what this might mean or how we might reflect in this, sort of draw on this. And on one level it may be just that sense of wisdom as panya, as knowing, knowing this is a sound, this is a sensation, this is fear, this is agitation. And the way that that clarity and that knowing actually allows us to... It's just that knowing, in a way, is the balance. It's, it's bringing the mind into balance. So there, when the mindfulness is really strong and, and the wisdom and the knowing is there, isn't it? It just happens that the equanimity is actually right there, in a way, in the knowing. I don't know if you know what I mean. Like I was thinking that even actually when it feels upset and there's some kind of storm going on, walking you know, feeling the feet on the ground and seeing and somehow the mind being able to actually start to really quite immediately refine some balance just from those contacts. Like not everything is all right and still, but just that movement. Ah, just sound, seeing. Okay, and then the mind, because it's something clear, it's not an invention in a way, I mean, on some level, it's all just conditions. No. But you know, I, I hope you know what I mean. It's like it brings us, can bring us out of the story, out of perhaps delusion or projection or you know something we're kind of caught up in. Okay, cushion, cushion floor, <laughs> and just to really value. I feel like it's that kind of very, you could say, very basic, immediate wisdom where actually that's a, a, a tremendous resource. You know, sometimes maybe when there's trouble, it's like we look too far, <laughs> we wander too far for the help or the answer. It's actually sort of much more immediate. So on that level, wisdom, knowing, ah, panic feels like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Or whatever it is, or whatever it is. This is so, isn't this so empowering? Something so empowering about this. So, 
Yeah. So another maybe, uh, again, kind of aspect of wisdom is to be able to see, to look at experience in a particular way, and a way that helps, that kind of frees things up a bit, maybe even takes the suffering out of it. And I wanted to give an example about sound that actually happened when I was not on retreat, but as you all know, sounds happen on retreat. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you probably know, you probably kind of see how how interesting, how there can be a very slight shift in view. We're talking about sort of seeing, a way of seeing that can actually really shift the, the experience. It can kind of take the suffering out of it, you know, so, for example, I was thinking of this experience I had, how, well, I won't give the particulars because actually it's kind of relevant, I think, you know, to, to any kind of situation with sound or any other experience. So, hearing sound, hearing sound unpleasant, I wish it wasn't happening. Why are they doing that? It's so loud. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Don't, you know, kind of this. Like this. And then, um, because at that time I was doing this practice, um, anatta practice, I brought in the simple gentle note of of kind of oh not me not mine to the experience of the hearing the sound it was like hearing so it was kind of playing with that a bit like what if oh, nobody here hearing There's nobody here to whom this is happening sound is not mine There's nobody it belongs to ah oh. And I found in this particular one I'm remembering that I was very, very irritated. And within the course of a very, very few minutes, I felt really quite happy <laughs> and okay with the sound. And it was still unpleasant. You probably all know this, but it just feels like such a... It's again kind of closer and, and there are sometimes these shifts that can happen and the sense of the the equanimity or the balance of mind can be found again more quickly sometimes than we realize and again of course it's not like that's it's all over you can go and put your feet up and you know, but you know probably again and again it's going to come up but to see how empowering that is you see ah oh, you bring that wisdom and you can bring it in um, when it's possible to appropriate time and place and so on so another another way of bringing wisdom in um, as you you well know is, is is wise reflection which I think is you know just to that kind of way of talking to yourself because you're silent you can't talk to each other so who, you, who else are you going to talk to until you come and see me and or go to the group or something and this is really it's like being able to use that verbal faculty and like really, you know, use it, kind of direct it and things you can remind yourself of and remember. It's very helpful, isn't it? It's not, again, kind of, um, it's, 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 again, it can point you in the right direction. And you're probably very, very aware of the, the, the wonderful teaching on the eight worldly winds. You know, sometimes I'll just sort of run, keep running through the mind for a little while. You know, pleasure and pain. Ah, 
nod your head, you know. <laughs> Praise and blame. Mm -hmm. Loss and gain. Ah, oh, yeah. Nodding the head. And fame and ill repute. But it's a wise reflection and it's like with the five daily recollections that I was offering last week, you know, these reflective themes that can help the mind to, again, gradually, again and again, we are, you know, this is, this is the nature of life. This is what it's like for everybody. And one of the reasons, I, I don't know if you experience this, that I feel like this is so, it's so important and it kind of never seems to become irrelevant, is there's such a deep conditioning in us to keep in maybe different ways, different situations, and maybe very subtly sometimes, to feel, think, or believe that unpleasant should not occur. Should not happen, and and it's such a it's such a key part of our dukkha, isn't it? It's such a key part of how we can lose balance, and you just get so. Oh, you know what would it be? What what would it be if in certain moments you you could really really remember, bring this re reflection down and say, ah, oh. hmm, what does that immediately? I mean, I just. Immediately, like something in me shifted as I said that, and making this gesture, which I sometimes like alignment. It doesn't mean that we don't act on our own behalf or that we are not interested in our own well being and, and in a kind of enjoyment of our meditation and our life, right? It's not that. It's kind of acceptance, a kind of wise acceptance of um, this is how it is for everybody. It's, it's, so, it's such a powerful reflection. And there's a wonderful phrase I love by Shantideva, who I think is relevant to this. He said, it's like walking evenly on uneven ground. They really like that, you know, when you walk on the the drive and all the pebbles and the, and the chasms and the, the kind of the unevenness of it. And you notice if you walk slowly, it's kind of like you have to kind of keep finding your balance. And how do you feel? I don't know if you've, I've experienced that on the drive, that you, as you go down, you can, if you're paying attention and you're, you've got that kind of, you know, relaxed alertness and, it's kind of that and you just and you can feel your body kind of just finding its balance you know kind of and moving quite naturally isn't it quite naturally then I have a feeling again like for our minds it's much more natural than we think and it <laughs> it's the thinking that can actually it's almost increase the de the destabilization and the proliferation so um yeah, we can do that with walking. And maybe one other reflection, many, many things could be said, but maybe one other reflection in this area of wisdom is to um, remember that 
balance and um, equipoise or this this quality of of stillness um, it doesn't mean not participating it doesn't mean not being responsive yeah it's like because I think sometimes we 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 don't there can be somehow the sense equanimity is kind of like a bit, yeah, distance can it's like distance us more from life. I feel it's actually the opposite. Again, I feel I keep coming back to this word empowerment because, and I think of you know the maybe situations in our life, the situations in the world that really need this quality. Then, then it needs our presence and our participation, and how how powerful it is when you see people who can intervene in in situations of violence or conflict or you know or trouble that that to go and they have this quality they have this strong equanimity quality like what a difference that can actually bring in to a situation so i feel like both this quality as we deep deepens and strengthens in us maybe empowers us actually to go into the difficult situations because we know we've got like more a sense of our rootedness in our being in our mind our rootedness on the earth we're not we we know there's a resilience and there's a capacity to stay steady and that 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 enables us to 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 be a helpful participant in things and will bring that quality into a situation. Uh, I wanted to read you something Sharon Salzberg said. She said, when we see pain and conflict, we courageously change the conditions that provide the ground for its arising, rather than trying to eliminate it. So again, it, to me that has that quality of, rather than going into battle, we go into somehow participating and, and actually engaging but with this wisdom and this uh, stability of equanimity so also wanted to maybe mention just one or two more elements of how equanimity is cultivated in our meditation in our formal practice and how um, yeah different different ways of maybe seeing and understanding this and the Buddha talks about equanimity based on diversity or yeah this this kind of quality of, of steadiness with changing experience and one phrase I like to use is May I rest at ease with this changing experience. So that's just a little something you can use if you want. But it's in a way that's the work of mindfulness and the continuous mindfulness and the sense of how all or more and more of what manifests can be actually more and more the basis for the arising of equanimity. This sense of being able to be equally near, equally near whatever arises, or again, our strengthening our capacity to do that, or to, for that to happen. And 
the other the other way it's talked about is equanimity based on unification or unity and this points to the equanimity that's really based on samadhi on this gatheredness of mind right so that that part of our practice where we are cultivating this sense of the gathering together of all the energies of the mind and the heart and the body the way they begin to harmonize and unify to some degree you know whether to a great degree or even somewhat that is that is uh yeah increasing a capacity for equanimity so i wanted to share with you um one beautiful kind of i don't know if it's a poem or a meditation which um points to the kind of the aspect of equanimity which is this kind of grounded earthed kind of uh firmness so you know sometimes the was the buddha said develop meditation which is like like the earth i think this is kind of one of those so again you know maybe we can use something like this or create our own or it's just more like feeling the the lower body and the contact of our body sometimes that is the energy of 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 dukkha and of of activity of mind tends to to go up the drive up so often it's helpful to to really know how to uh, bring in the whole of the body and sometimes that means um giving more attention to the to the lower body so I want to read you this again. It's from Sharon Salzberg from the Kindness Handbook. And as you listen, you might want to sense and just see what resonates for you. Um, see, yeah, you can um, use it if you wish. So it says, sit like a mountain. Sit with a sense of strength and dignity. Be steadfast, be majestic, be natural and at ease in awareness. No matter how many winds are blowing, no matter how many lions are prowling, be intimate with everything and sit like a mountain. I just love that. I don't know if you do, but I was working with it a bit this afternoon and I was just saying it over and over and it, it felt like there was so much there and each word was kind of, you know, the steadfast. Yeah. And the and the dignity, this kind of the uprightness and then the natural. So there's a kind of um, to me it feels like a very whole feels like a very complete practice there somehow and you know another it's interesting isn't it because it's, it's different but it's like a different way into equanimity or a different facet of equanimity if you yeah is develop a mind that is vast like space 
So again, if you listen to what resonates, or also maybe sometimes we really need space. That's kind of what actually can bring the mind into balance. So we're not relating so much to a particular object, like sight or a sound, but we're actually, the mind is picking up on a quality like grounded, or in this case, space. And then somehow that contact helps the mind to kind of find its balance, come out of its caught-upness. So from the Buddha, again, develop a mind that is vast like space, where experiences both pleasant and unpleasant can appear and disappear without conflict, struggle or harm. So I hope that that that, um, that you you get a sense of how that this is a it's like it's a practice. It's not um, that you should be like this, or that you have to. It's more like letting seeing what the mind kind of can pick up on and ah. Oh, you know, so what's that's different? That's not telling. It's like offering. Again, I, a while ago, I'm mentioning the wise cook, you know, bringing the broccoli to the king. And the, it's kind of like that, you know. Do you want broccoli or do you want, um, uh, you know, I don't know, cabbage? And you, you see uh, what the mind responds to. And... Um, yeah, you probably have your own ways. One other aspect of meditation that I think is very important in the cultivation of equanimity, and I again, I, I don't know if this makes sense to you, but it's really a sense of being cared about. Now, maybe it's for some of us, it's particularly efficacious, but sometimes it's some kind of caring connection, whether it's with somebody here or somebody you know or, you know, you think of them, but it's something like, what? I don't know, I don't I won't analyze that but with you, but something where something in us can drop. <sighs> we can kind of find our ground, find balance because we, we have some sense of connection. And again, this may not be so much the case for you, but I think it's really it's really important for some people's processes it's like oh okay yeah so many many other things could be said but um i think last area i'd like to touch on um with this is just the area of um how how we bring our practice of awareness, of love, of equanimity into our relational life, into our relationships with other people. And to me this is both, can be one of the most difficult, challenging areas where we can feel the most troubled or something. And also it has such a great potential for us in healing and in liberation and in finding a more 
free and unenjoyable and kind of peaceful way of, of relating with people, being with people. And I, I mean, the whole, all of the Brahma Viharas obviously are, are our key support with this in this area of our life. And so just this last piece, I'd just like to point to a sense of equanimity as being a kind of love, wise love. Um, has been called the love that allows. So perhaps to, you know, again, that's another maybe way in that we see that relating to people, relating to ourselves, bringing that sense of balance, stillness, spaciousness, groundedness to our relationships with other people, yeah, meetings, groups, and in organizations we're involved with. It's kind of so powerful and so supportive, um, yeah, for the kind of the health and the resiliency in that. Yeah, I'm I'm just something's come to mind, so I think I'll share it's from actually a very long time ago and it was some a very wise woman or who said something to me and I feel it's kind of an example of somebody who I was involved in a a women's peace camp called Greenham Common many, many years ago in England. And I lived there for a while. And I was basically too frightened to enter the base to break the law. And I was very upset about this. And I felt I should, but I couldn't. And I remember this this woman talking to this older woman about it. And I'll never forget, you know, it's like, it. I remember she listened very kindly and she said to me, you know, just being here is a good action. Just being here is a good action. I don't know, I mean, just, to me that was just an amazingly wise, balanced thing to say that was so caring and yet, uttered with such equanimity and such understanding of the conditions of this young woman in front of her and just speaking to that. Really beautiful. Rodney Smith said, love is stillness. I've been thinking about this a lot. It's like, this is very, love is stillness. It feels but doesn't move or contract in the face of pain. Something very, like he he describes it as being, equanimity as being this kind of, some kind of balance or alchemy or kind of uh, coming together of both sensitivity to pain and a sense of the perfection of things, of the moment. I know where that takes, that takes me to a very interesting kind of still place in the mind. Like, oh, the paradox or the kind of sense of, what would that be to really meet our life and our experience with a sen- that sensitivity and yet a sense of the, the perfection of the suchness of this 
this moment, this life manifesting as as it is. I found that very, uh, very inspiring. So however I am or however you are, you know, there's this possibility of a kind of what another teacher calls kind of even-minded empathy. And when I was, I just maybe briefly share with you kind of a practice that was happening for me yesterday, where I started to bring different people to mind, you know, as you do in sort of traditional Brahma Vihara practice, but they were, it was kind of happening more in an open, free sort of way. And just being spending some time with somebody and seeing all the different kind of almost like a kaleidoscope changing impressions of them or different aspects of them you know um kind of coming to light and different um feelings from me you know liking disliking i admire or i don't like that very much or just these different responses from me as I contemplate that person, as I contemplate. And something about staying, just staying steady, still and balanced. So with all of that, with 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 uh, different senses of the person. So I, I don't know if that makes sense to you as a practice, but I have never done it quite like that before. And it really felt quite powerful and quite, like it, it, it took all of that, you know, anything you might feel about anybody, and it's okay. <laughs> it was, they do it kind of quite liberating, because it's saying it's kind of okay. I'm kind of still with all of that, with senses and perceptions and thoughts about different ways they are, and then all the responses. So this is maybe a way of practicing, of cultivating equanimity in relationships or in our sense of people as they come to us in retreat. That we have a sense that some that kind of approach can begin to break down or break up or kind of loosen our fixed ideas about ourselves or others and that actually maybe helps us to more like freshly encounter a person, even if we know them quite well. We don't know them. We don't, you know, I know that's kind of concerned a bit cliched or something, but really, what do you know about anybody? <laughs> kind of, this is maybe a part of a wise reflection. And, and what do you think you know about yourself? You know, what kinds of conclusions or labels or you know and and that's that's not to dishonor any experience but it's kind of saying you know what what gets built on things the identity you know the identities and what can happen when you just it's like just it all comes and goes and is there anything else you really need to do with it really you don't need to get rid of anything or be any different from how you are. And for another person, I, I maybe the last thing I'll share in this area is this practice, which again has really 
don't know, it's really helped me. Um, I can't remember where I learned it from, but where you think of someone who you really care about, who you perhaps are trying to help or, you know, want to help in some way. And the reflection is, I love you, I care about you, I, I deeply care about you. And I cannot keep you from suffering. I cannot make things the way I want them to be for you. So to me, this is a beautiful coming together of the love and the wisdom, the caring, the connection, the sensitivity, and the letting go and the letting be. This kind of wise acceptance, not not a dismissal, not a indifference, not a, a, what's the word? Um, I can't find it. When you agree, when you kind of go along with something you shouldn't be going along with. um. But, pardon? Yeah, something like that. That's not the word, but yeah, something like, thank you, yeah, complacent. And you're not complacent, but acquiescence works too. Do you, do you see, it's something like then your response and your understanding is more based on you care about them, but you're also accepting the way things are. And then everything that comes up around that, the rebellion, no, I don't want it to be like that, it's not okay. You keep, you go, you kind of go through that. That's part of the practice. That's part of the practice. I do not want this to be happening for you. You know, let me know that as well. That if if I don't allow that in, I can't go beyond it. I can't, it can't be part of what allows the, the equanimity to, 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 um, to, to unfold, to grow. So I hope... Um, <laughs> these reflections uh, some support to you in your practice and uh, for you to pick up anything if you wish or if not to just yeah really let it be held lightly or just as something that arose and passed and I really wish for each of you that you and that all of us, myself as well, that we really, really find and nurture and recognize this great quality in ourselves for our own benefit and the benefit of all beings. So, thank you for your attention.